Welcome to the Wasting Time Podcast. We are back again. I'm one of your hosts, Chris. I'm recording at home with my mic, um, so I apologise in advance for my co-host's um, audio quality. You don't have to apologise for me and like brag about the quality of your microphone. Yeah, that was that 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 was poor of me, really, wasn't it? I'm somewhere kind of between Manchester and Leeds at the moment, so taking an opportunity. I'd, I mean, to be if it wasn't for the sound quality, it's like a perfect time to record a podcast, especially when I've got a <laughs> young baby at home. Because you know, yeah. when I'm at home, it's like I'm torn between well, I've got to spend time with the child and the wife. So actually, yeah. a three-hour journey in the car is a perfect opportunity to record multiple podcasts but just yeah i don't think it'd be very listenable <laughs> well um, as we record it your your sound quality is it's certainly passable so hopefully when when i edit this it'll it'll be sounding okay but um yeah you okay though mate yeah good man yeah yeah just waiting for that next big booking really to uh get back on the uh the old podcasts and letting you kind of do your own thing a little bit which i hear has been been going all right yeah, so I've recorded a couple recently. Today's one, and then we'll put out one, I think probably early next week as well, uh, just to kind of tide us over. And we're, we're talking to a few people, some potential big bookings, which should be exciting. So hopefully we'll get you on most, if not all of those, but we'll just we'll just see as that kind of kind of pans out. But uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've been enjoying keeping this going, spoken to some interesting people. But um, yeah, no, it's cool. It's it's good to, good to have you back on, even even if it's uh, if I can't see your face, it's good to good to hear your voice on your car journey. Well, you know, I know you're into voice notes. I could do you some voice notes if you like to hear my my voice. You know, from time to time, <laughs> fill that void for you, mate. I love a WhatsApp voice note. It's 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 the way to um, go. I've not I've not really adopted the voice note. Lucy is Lucy, my wife's a big big voice note advocate. And, uh, oh, is she? Yeah. Yeah, I just, I don't know, it just feels weird. Maybe I just <laughs> well, need to get some rhythm with it. Yeah, well, it's it, it's good for two reasons. One being it's just much quicker to do if you've, got, if you've got more than one sentence to say. So it's quicker than typing it out. And secondly, you can, the tone of the message you can convey much easier. You know, sometimes when you type in something and it might be a bit delicate, it's difficult to get the tone right. Send a voice note, and then is it not more? Is there not a benefit in the sense that you maybe just want to say a few things without having to get a full-blown conversation and do the small talk and the pleasantries of a telephone conversation as well? Uh, you could say that, and and the other downside is when you receive them. Sometimes it's like, oh, okay, I've got to find somewhere to listen to this now. I can't just read it, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, what's been happening, kind of music-wise? I, I was hoping that I would be able to come catch up with you and tell you about um, a really brilliant grade, grade two gig I went to on Sunday, but um, I hadn't been very well and just, just didn't make it. Um, that's, so that's sorry to say that Jack and... Is it Jacob, the drummer? That's right. Yeah. Apologies to those guys. I was really looking forward to going along. There was a, new, a little, small, independent, brand new venue in Newcastle as well that were like big on the... Um, local beers and craft beers and stuff so it was going to be yeah it was shaping up to be a really good night where I didn't have to drink Carlsberg um, you know <laughs> from the uh, the academy or the O2 hall or whatever but uh, you you caught them uh, did you catch them at Banquet? I did yeah they did a show for Banquet it was the album launch show on the day that the album yeah. came out so it was just after we spoke to Sid that I went along yeah it was a brilliant night Went with um, my friends Matt and Sophie and Charlie. Shout out to those three. We, we everyone thought they were brilliant. Uh, it was really nice to see the boys. I didn't get to speak to them as much as I would like, but it, it was just it was kind of like it felt a bit like for them, you know, when it's your it's like a big birthday party or your wedding, and like everyone wants wants to talk to you. So you know, I didn't obviously I caught up with them a little bit, but I didn't didn't bother them too much. Um, but yeah, they were amazing, and um, I just think they're gonna keep going on to bigger and better things gonna i'm hoping to catch their rancid show yeah yeah and they're off to the states before that i think so um yeah hopefully they'll roll back through newcastle in the next couple of years they seem to be like relentless and i suppose because they're still they're a really young band that have got successful quite quickly like 
they've got the energy to just do like relentless tours, haven't they? Absolutely. So hopefully, hopefully, you know, it won't be long before they do another UK show, yeah, UK tour. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, yeah, we'll, de- we'll definitely. It would be. That. It would. It would be a miss to do do those rancid shows to uh, potentially, you know, expose themselves to a, you know, you know, potentially some new audiences that. Yep. Not to follow up with, with some of their, their own, own shows again. Exactly. And speaking of bands we know, um, Love Breakers are playing a lot of shows with with our pals in Elfana, which is cool. They're actually they're going to Germany with them now, which is uh, exciting. Oh, really? Oh, nice. How many dates are they doing in Germany? Uh, ju- just the three. Um, so it's like a long weekend. So it's going to be Hanover, Berlin, Hamburg. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. And then you've been listening. I did listen to the um, new 100 Reasons record, which um, came out a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, what did you think of that? Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. It's classic. I thought it was like classic 100 Reasons. Like, uh, clearly, just kind of, it was like they just picked up, picked off where they left, uh, picked up where they left off. Really, you know, it was, yeah, I think it was just there, uh, uh, you know, the same sound as before. Um, yeah, it was good. It was good. Some, some good tracks on there. And I think like their, I forgot what, what was their first. What was that big record they had called? It would, it would, it kind of went up and down in waves. They had some kind of slower songs, and some real kind of funky, kind of grungy songs. And, um, yeah, it's, I would say it was kind of pretty much classic hundred reasons. Ideas above our station was the station. Uh, the record you were talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the new one, Glorious Sunset, is cool. I think the best song is the is the opening song, the single, which they uh, which they opened with because I did go and see them at their Hammersmith Apollo show a couple of weeks ago, which was fun. Yeah, I mean that's a decent sized venue, right? Like, the, do you know if they sold it out? Um, no, I don't think. No, they didn't because there were still tickets available for the for the upper circles. But it was um, they they came pretty close, I think. Because it was it was originally at Brixton and they moved it over to Hammersmith Apollo, but yeah, it was yeah, busy. Pretty, pretty good, pretty good for like a band like that who weren't who were like decent, you know, a decent following, but not yeah. a massive following back in the day. Yeah, uh, to like to go straight in and like some big venues like that. Exactly, exactly. So I think that tour was a success for them. I suppose. I mean, you look at the whole like the whole resurgence now of like you know comeback bands you know there's a like the when we were young thing and like there's yeah. this whole like movement at the moment isn't there of like comebacks like yeah from you know from the millennial kind of like from that kind of 20 20 years ago 15 20 years ago era do you um, know who what do you know who i'm really happy to see making music again even though it's a covers ep but it's good to have midtown back yeah yeah, that oh, was great. Um, what was the single they just brought out? Uh, it's a cover of uh, Lagwagons, Know It All. Yeah. They've just basically just slowed it down, but it works really well. It's cool. Yeah, no, I thought it was really good. And they, you say, have they got other stuff out already or is on the way? On the way. They've got a covers EP out. I think it's I think it's sometime in March, so it can't be, can't be far off. Let's have to see if uh, Rob can hook us up with Gabe. Yeah, well, I was thinking if you know, if possible, maybe we could get all of them on, which would be fun. We'll have to see what their availability is like. I don't think we've ever done any more than two, four, like four total. It would be it would be a challenge, but I mean, we'll see. I can't imagine all four of them being available for it anyway. Uh, anything else? On your radar? Um, yeah, a couple of things, um, Dave. Dave Hawes has a has a new record coming out. I'm actually going to see him at Bankwood Records next week, and I really yeah, like. Yeah, I his... heard the heard, I heard the new single. Yeah, I really like it. Which one are you talking about? Is it Hazard Lights or Damn Personal? There's two. The first one. Uh, what did you say? Damn Personal. So there's Damn Personal and there's Hazard Lights. One that came out first. Yeah, Hazard Lights was January. When was Damn Personal? Yeah, it's Hazard Lights. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one I like too. It's it's um, it's a nice, re- it's really sort of upbeat, poppy song as well. I really like it. Nice. Where are you seeing him, Lennon? Just in London. 
uh, in Kingston. He's doing an in-store performance at Ban- Banquet Records oh, next weekend. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. So nice. that's I suppose that's just, a, that's just a bro food now, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty local. It's pretty local. So, yeah, that, I'm looking forward to that. Cool. Yeah, there's a few other things, but I feel like we've talked enough now. And I've got quite a lot. So my interview today was quite a long one so maybe maybe we just we just you've jump heard, you've into heard enough of my voice to tie you over for <laughs> well for the listeners benefit i talked to nick for a bit before we started recording so it's not yeah. just these five minutes i'm bored of him and i'm gonna you know i'll keep talking to him for a little bit after this as well but in in and the I'll, interest I'll, of the intro and i'll work on my uh voice notes yeah you do that my friend <laughs> um <laughs> Anyway, let let me real quick introduce today's guest. So I spoke to Tyson from the band Crooked Teeth, uh, who have a new album coming out this year. They've had a couple of singles recently. Check out the song Loser that came out recently. And then I think they've got another one later this month. Um, Tyson was kind enough to send me the the record and then advance of the record. And it's really it's a really cool, interesting sound. And I loved this chat with Tyson. The guy knows his music. So without further ado, here it is. How's it going, Tyson? It's pretty good. It's um I'm in I just got to LA last night and it's really beautiful here, contrary to like how it's been the past uh almost whole month. It's been so stormy all the time. So it's like not a cloud in the sky today. It's really pretty. It's a good starter. I appreciate you joining me. I guess what's well, just must be just after 9 a.m your time so uh appreciate the early start yeah i was up at eight so i'm i'm an early bird so uh, you're all good to go no worries what time is it there like six seven uh it's, no it's just 10 5 p.m so we're like eight hours ahead gotcha uh so where are you normally based i live in san francisco okay so i'm just right up the uh right up the coast um emma our guitarist and the other singer in the band, she lives here in L.A. I used to live in L.A. And, uh, yeah, Jason's in D.C., so we're kind of stretched. Okay, okay. Across the country, but we're all we're all convening in, in uh, L.A. this week because we have a show on, on Saturday, and we have two songs left to finish on our record. So Got you. that's Got what we're you. doing. Yeah, I see you playing with the yeah. with, uh, Spill Canvas <laughs> on Saturday, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, how is that for in terms of being so spread out in terms of practice? Like, how how do you work that? Because you know, like <laughs> you know, some bands will practice once or twice a week. I guess that's 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 a struggle for you guys to do in person. Well, last year, like because we're we're just like we released one single so far this year from the record, and another one's going to come out in about three weeks. Um, so, and this is the only show that we have announced right now. Um, we kind of just like, actually, it's pretty wild. This Saturday, like Jason gets in, I think our, our load in at the venue is like 5.30 or 6 p.m. Jason gets in, like lands at 12.35 p.m. on Saturday okay. and we go straight to rehearsals for like four hours. So it's not always like that, but like this time it is because we, I mean, last year we played so many shows and we, played the same set you know we, you play the same set set the same set list yeah. or like the same variation of it over and over to where like it's pretty much in muscle memory um Got you. and really like rehearsals for us or if we're not like you know on something like this is really just to learn the new songs and for the live the live setting yeah. um but it is something you know like it's not something we, we like struggle with or we're upset about. Like we totally understand you know, Jason, he has a, um, a one and a half year old daughter. Okay. Um, so, so that's kind of like, or else I think he'd probably be in California, oh, you know, he'd okay. probably, he, but he, he comes out, he comes out about once a month anyways. So we always just try to like, we were supposed to have two shows. We were supposed to open for escape the fate on tuesday in san francisco so it was kind of yeah they canceled because they're on tour of papa roach and papa roach had to cancel a show due to weather and then their makeup show for that was on the same day as san francisco so they had you know it's just like a situation like that where obviously out of our control but 
that would have been cool because we would have like had you know two shows back to back to where like you know something wasn't you know if we wanted to change something after the first show we had the second show to be like okay yeah. we'll we'll do this here but we don't really have that luxury this time which is fine but overall man like we're we're in contact with each other every single day um you know we've been the way we've been doing this record which is really the important thing is like jason's got an uh, an awesome studio he goes to in dc um my really good friend who he's was the first person to ever record any music i ever did it when i was like 14 years old yeah. he lives uh in the east bay uh you know of san francisco yeah. so he's just a train ride for me and he's been mixing most of our record and then um, the producer who we've done eight songs on the record with lives 10 minutes away from where I'm at right now. So okay. we've just been like, you know, we've just been making it work. Like I, I'm, I think we're pretty flabbergasted in our, in ourselves. Like how the fuck have we been doing that? You know, like how have we been just like knocking this out with, with seemingly with ease. <laughs> um, and uh you know, so we're we're getting mixes in like every every couple days, and and I think really the key to it is like we love being in this band. Like, yeah. and and I'll say as the person who started it, like by myself, and you know, this is a a COVID inception of the band. Um, right. It is the strongest. It is the most like fluid relationship I've ever been in with other musicians. Um, we definitely have a bond that I I am so grateful for and feel so blessed to like have in my life. And I think that's to be said for all three of us. Yeah. And so I think the way we just make it work, the coping mechanism is really just gratefulness and excitedness to just like do it, you know? And um, so any roadblocks that come in between, we just find ways to, to get over them because it's worth it to us to, you know, yeah to do it so yeah so you put out is it it's just one song so far in 2023 L loser right and, yeah and loser and yeah the video which that looks like it was in san francisco <clears throat> to me when i was looking at the video so it looks like it was you filmed it it was for you um yeah how's that how's, how's that been received so far pretty good i mean it's it's definitely a different one for us like i mean a lot of the same elements of uh, like what i think makes crooked teeth crooked teeth are present in that song but when we went into the studio to write it which was like in august of last year uh we you know cammy Patton, who we did the song with yeah her and i like she's not much of like a pop punk or like emo kid but she is a new metal and grunge <laughs> right, kid okay. and i am too yeah i am too and so is emma like all, all three like we you know we are not just limited to loving uh you know pop punk and emo like we love just rock music as a whole and so when we approached that song we were just like we need something with like that has like the kind of emo like you know blink sensibility yeah. but also has this like new new metal kind of like Allison Allison Chains is not new metal but like <laughs> no. this kind of like Allison Chains like Limp Biscuit kind of like a heavy kind of backbeat, you yeah. know? And so for us, like that song is really cool. And, you know, I can't wait to play it live for the first time on Saturday, but like, I think it's just uh, a lot of people are like, Whoa, <laughs> like we're not expecting that. And, um, but I think like, that's kind of the whole vibe of like what our record is going to be. Like it's, it can go from, a moment like that to you know on the single release before that promise yeah. it's got like a straight up like like uh youth crew kind of like rotting out or comeback kid or like it's got this like breakdown like two-step part in it two-step yeah. part like a breakdown so like we can do that and then the same song it's got a chorus that is like you know a catchy outline trio song or something so it's like for us like i guess going to your original question like how has it been received a lot of people have been it's kind of like almost like a late bloomer i think like once the music video came out maybe the energy was portrayed a little more um but yeah we're seeing a lot of like people just kind of like you know even a month after the song's been out like finding it yeah. and and being really stoked by it and so and i think that's like the thing about with crooked teeth is like 
I was saying this to uh, someone yesterday. I, I was showing them most of the record and I was like, yeah, there's something for everyone on this. You know what I mean? Like, it don't matter if you're like a, if you're like a, you know, diehard like Blink fan or if you like, you know, if you're more privy to new metal or grunge, like you're going to find something on this record like that is going to like hit that sensory you know of your of your musical interest and i think that's what's really special and i think loser being like the first single it was kind of uh maybe a little audacious because it was just like okay this is not just straightforward like this is not just like uh your standard mid-tempo beat you know like how do I put it? It's just, it was just kind of a, it was just kind of a left field one for us to do first. And I, I think that's kind of like what I like is when, I, when I, when I love an artist and I'm shocked by what they do. Yeah. Right. I'm like, Whoa, like not doing anything that's so like grandeur, I mean, crazy, you know? Or, I see what you're saying with that song. Cause it's, you know, like when there's artists before and they're kind of like, almost blending pop punk and new metal it always feels like it's still like yeah a, it's either a new metal song or it's a pop punk song like if it's a pop punk song it's just <clears throat> right it just like has some screaming or some heavy bits but like this is like a straight up mash of the two because you kind of got like the major melody and in, in a bit of it that, that sounds like it's pop punk but like like you say then it will go to another bit and it's like wow this is like out of a different song you know and it's it's a really interesting approach yeah so i i i, I the way you describe it is what comes across, definitely. Well, that's cool. I mean, I think like a big, a big, um, for Jason and I specifically, um, we're huge Blink fans. And more specifically, we're huge fans of the Untitled record before they broke up the first time. And it seemed like, and a lot of fans at first when that album came out did not understand it because they were just like, wait, this isn't Dumpweed. This isn't like, first date or the rock show this is like dark and this is like moody and this is you know there's weird post-hardcore parts you know and and stuff like that yeah. and i think that's what makes art like beautiful is when again when people step out of the comfort zone and they make something that they're just like no this is this is cool to me and like i want to hear this in a song and you know I, I think it's okay to be selfish when it's your art and create something that stimulates you first and foremost yeah. because when you're really stimulated by your own craft. People will also like the synergy that comes from that. Like people will also be excited. And I mean, that's what makes that Blink album my favorite Blink album, because it's such a culmination of like all three of them, like pushing themselves. And I think that was kind of like in our conversations when we actually started writing the album, like, you know, we're big like mood board people where we're like, well, let's create a mood board of like, you know, like what are some albums, like let's make a playlist of like, you know, songs that we love that we would love to hear this kind of energy on our record. And Emma, she's a little younger than Jason and I, like just by like enough of a gap to where like she didn't get hit by like blink in the same way okay. you know yeah. we did yeah. like in the t in the trl sense and the mtv yeah. sense, you yeah. know to where like like so we've been like she's she was making fun of us in the band for the longest time because you'd just be like god do you guys listen to like you guys talk about or listen to anything else <laughs> and when we were going to like make this record i was like emma both jason and i were just like dude because we'd be referencing stuff in the studio and she'd be like and so was our producers. Honestly, so has Scott, our mixer. Like, we're all just obsessed with that yeah. era. And so she was like, fuck, I guess I have to do a history. You know, I guess I have to do some research. And, like, now she's like, oh, my God. Like, I love Plus 44. Oh, my God, this Boxcar Racer record is so mm -hmm. sick. Like, you know, to where now it's like when I listen to, you know, we have, like, eight songs done, and I was driving down here to – a pretty long drive it's like five yeah. and a half hours and so i spent the bulk of it just like really listening to our rec like our songs intently and i was like and i just keep finding myself and i think it's the same for all three of us like i remember emma was texting in, in, in the group chat and she was like dude i can't listen to anything else right now and i was like literally same like i've never done a piece of music like uh well i've never done a full length 
but um to be so stoked about like your own songs i know this sounds really cocky and i i i'm generally not this kind of person but like i'm just i think we're all very proud and excited for what we've created organically and and um without anyone's like supervision or without like without trying to like meet a tiktok trend or something like that we're just like writing dope song or writing a record you know which seems kind of crazy in 2023 for like a new band yeah. or a new artist that's like traversing the seas of social media where everything is just a trend in the moment you know um it's a little it was a little daunting at first but now we're just really excited and i'm so stoked we're so stoked on this on this batch of songs and this record and yeah just feel really grateful to have the opportunity to is, do it is it all new material or did you take any of your previous singles or songs off the eps and kind of <clears throat> reimagine them or re-record them or anything the only one that's going on it is our song promise which came out in october okay. of yeah, last yeah. year um and you know even then we weren't going to put that song on it but it just feels like it belongs with that like i think that song was kind of like what opened the door to everything we're doing now and how well that song was received it was like it would be sort of an injustice to not include that as as a track on the record and so we are like you know the beauty of like spotify and distribution services is that like we can go back and basically do an updated version when the record is closer to coming out of that song and as long as it meets the same time as the song like we can just like swap them out on streaming and so um we do have plans to you know emma emma doesn't sing on on the original version of promise so we kind of like want to find ways to bring her into the song and and have it be like a special thing when the record comes out so that's the only one that's making it um not that we don't think that the other ones are are uh record worthy it's just we honestly didn't even have the idea to just go full gung-ho and make a record until probably like november oh, okay. okay um we didn't know how we were going to do it but we literally i mean I think we just came to a point where we're like, dude, this is like what we're good at. Like we love records. We love rock. Like we, we just need to do this and like, fuck it. You know, if we're, if it, we have to take a break from shows and touring and like that whole machine to make something like a piece of art, that's really cool. Then fuck it. Let's just do it. And so the idea to do an actual full like didn't come until, yeah. I mean, we've talked about it, but like we didn't actually pull the trigger on doing it until like November, middle of November. So we started formally recording the bulk of the songs in uh, January. I had gone to Nashville in early December and did three songs there. Um, so those three songs are going to be on the record. But yeah, the rest of it was done in California. And um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm. I'm stoked. It's all going to be new material. Everything, you know, we're, I think we're, we're planning to drop like four or five singles okay. before the record comes out. So people are just going to, every six to eight weeks, be getting a taste of, of what's going on on the whole thing. Cool. So, cool. I mean, I d definitely want to talk a little yeah. bit more about this new record, but before we get into that, can, can we just, is it cool yeah. if we just go through the band history, like real quick, just, just kind of yeah. give our listeners an idea of like, of course. Um, exactly where you're coming from and stuff so uh uh yeah so, so what you mentioned that the you kind of individually started the band are you um yeah are you from the bay area or are you are they... i am from northern Cal i am from northern california so i'm just like adjacent to the bay area about like 40 minutes oh, okay. outside of okay. the bay um in a little just cow shit town called lodi california um famously it was sung about uh, in a Creedence oh, Clearwater nice, nice. song. <laughs> it's called Stuck in Lodi. <laughs> <That's good. laughs> if it paints any it's picture. A nice claim to flat Yeah. Um, it's, it's fun. We have the original A&W there. Uh, Sons of Anarchy bases their show around our whole area. Um, Pavement is from, okay. is from there. I don't know if you're familiar yeah, yeah, with Pavement, yeah. the indie rock band um but other than that you know it's it's kind of just like this weird suburban pocket in between sacramento and the a larger city uh, port city of stockton um so it's just kind of like a quiet little place um 
And I, I started I started the band though when I actually moved to LA for the first time when I was in 2016. Um, so it's 23 going on 24. Okay. And um, I I didn't still didn't start it in 2016. I just had an idea for some songs and I had only been in one other band um, that I started when I was a freshman in high school and um, you know being born and raised where I was like, it's not an art hub, right? It's not some like liberal hub. People think this about California all the time, that it's just this like big liberal, yeah. like, you know, uh, think yeah. tank it's hub all like that, right? of like, it's not all like that. I mean, you drive 30 minutes out of any major yeah. metropolis and you're I've in experienced the it, man. you're with I the hillbillies. Yeah. 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 You're with the rednecks yeah. and the yeah, hillbillies yeah, yeah. and, and that's, you know, says a lot about our country right now but um and the the discourse that exists but like i growing up did not really have a lot of access to going to like local there wasn't a huge local scene i think like when i was in middle school going into high school like screamo was really starting so um that band of skylit drive was from our hometown um went to to like high school and church with them and and then Dance Gavin Dance was kind of getting big yeah. at the time. Emma Rosa, like, so Sacramento had this whole, like, post, I don't even want to say hard, I don't even want to mm -hmm. use hardcore in the, but it, it was this whole, like, you know, kind of heavier, uh, pr progressive kind of music. And we, you know, going up, we were just pop, pop punk, like punk rock kids. We loved, like, the Casualties and Anti Flag and Rancid and Green Day and, you know, Newfound Glory and Blank, obviously, like, we were very into that and there's probably only like 10 of us in our hometown that were into that kind <laughs> wow, of thing. Okay. So starting a band, it was like slim right, pickings, right. you know, it was like really hard. And then, and then it's a town where it's like very, very based around like high school sports, like football and like getting a scholarship and like, that's your ticket out. And so music is never really seen as like a viable option to like, have a career so it was never really encouraged in school and there was nothing really you know like a lot of places um and i think that's kind of what makes the whole story awesome is just kind of like being in defiant existing in defiance of all that but yeah i started i had a band when i was when i was in um in high school and i just hung it up when i was like 22 i was like okay i'm finally done i need to like start fresh i'm an adult now uh and i i had a lot of like just contentious like relationships with friends who were in the band my original band because i've always just been really passionate like i love music so much yeah. i fucking love writing it i love playing it i love talking about it i love i love even being involved in the more administrative things that exist behind the scenes and so i think that my friends growing up that i was playing music with that i you know had had my whole life like they didn't really have that same like it, their focus wasn't in the same way it was, it was very like just hobby driven for them which it was for me too but like i knew that i i kind of had like those those more like visions of grandeur and kind of big city dreams yeah. if you will to you know be cheeky but like it just uh with crooked teeth yeah i just wanted to create something that was authentic to me that kind of like even our first ep if you go back to it like every single song sounds different mm -hmm. like every it's still you know it's still got the melody like that melody and that kind of like charm of pop punk or emo but like there's influences from like bad religion there's influences from nirvana and hole and there's influences obviously from like blink and green day but like i wanted to create something that couldn't really necessarily be pigeonholed in one subgenre okay. or anything like and that's still kind of my ethos with it today as far as create creatively like we want to you know like on our current song like uh, on our record like we have a the heaviest song we've ever written and it's got like a slide steel guitar on it like you know it's like strutting like country influence yeah. over uh, a borderline new metal song so yeah when i started the band back in 2017 it was just me um, I had done that first EP, um, and and then I I kind of grew with a couple guys who you know I still love today. Um, 
but again, like I was kind of really the driving creative force and songwriter behind that. And around the time COVID hit, the three of us just kind of parted. But I knew from day one that this is going to be my thing. Like, this is my... Did you get a chance to do many shows? I did. Okay. Yeah, quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, we did our... We did um, a few, like... We did a few tours um, in, like, 2018. Okay. You know, we played shows with, like, Belmont and Aaron Rust in the Roaring Twenties. Oh, okay. Some and, big names. Um, and then we did a... Yes, and that was really early on. Um, I think we only had one EP out. We had just signed a Rude Records over um, their, I think, European-based label. We signed with them for a re-release of the EP. And then in 2019, um, we put out an EP in 2018 uh, on Rude Records, um, which I admittedly was very detached from. Okay. I, I... I had um, we, we had signed a route and so they you know obviously gave us a budget to do another EP on top of the one that they re-released and we went with a producer you know and I try not to be salty on, on interviews but like we went with this guy who I kind of like started uh, the writing process originally for Crooked Teeth with and so I think he felt like kind of a sense of like agency or ownership over the project and so when we got signed, he felt it was very much his role to deliver and be oh, kind of the sole steerer of the yeah. ship. So when we went in, okay, I realized at that point I was like a songwriter and this is probably like 2018. Yeah. And, and so I brought these songs actually with Adam and Adam, the original members, we spent some time out at Adam's house, like writing like five or six songs for the CP really stoked on them went in to show this producer and he was like this is dog shit, oh wow basically. okay he's like uh i i i yeah it was like right off the bat it was very there's just it was confrontational yeah so we went in to do that in portland oregon and we were there for like a week mm-hmm. and a half and the thing is is like adam our drummer at the time incredible drummer like so so good uh one of my favorite drummers to watch play outside of our current drummer, Jason. Um, and, you know, and uh, the other guitarists, like he wasn't really a songwriter. Like I was clearly the songwriter of the yeah. bunch, you know, like I'm not even just saying that to like be flashy. Like that's just the fact. Uh, and we went in there and I think because they weren't songwriters, they really were like, Hey, as a unit, we just need to give Matt the like, we just seemed to give Matt the uh, kind of like let him take the wheel on the songs, and I was like, "What the f- what the fuck?" Okay, that's kind of like so we're just relinquishing creative control right. basically right. to this guy, and so we did this EP with him where like a lot of uh, quite a few of the ideas I had for songs like "Beg" and "You and Me Forever" that came out in 2019 that are some of our highest stream yeah. songs he rejected them he was just like nah this oh, is trash sure, like really? he would literally just be like nah this isn't good and so we put out that ep and immediately like when you aren't attached to a piece of art like and i'm sure every artist will say this like you just it's really hard to just go out there and play the yeah. songs and like be excited about it and feel love for it so that that was released in like late 2018. I'm just looking at the particular producer's credits as you're telling this story, which is quite interesting, but sorry. Yeah. Basically, like I just immediately was detached in yeah. the record. We went on tour with this wildlife um, on our oh, first cool. like full US, like kind of bigger, bigger tour. Yeah, it was, it was great. But we were playing those songs every night and we came home from that and we still didn't have like a booking agent or anything. And how did you find yourself on the tour like that with without a booking agent? Well, so the guitarist at the time, admittedly, the guitarist was working for this wildlife and, you know, got to give props to them. I mean, they were just basically like, yeah, we'll take yeah, we'll take you guys could be the, the opening band on the tour, like for sure. And so they gave us that opportunity, which was very kind and gratuitous. And um and again, it was kind of marred and overshadowed, in, at least for me, in the fact that we were going out there and playing songs that like, you know, five out of seven of them, I was just like, I don't fucking care about this. Yeah. You know, like I and I, I felt like I had no agency in the actual thing that I started. And um, so our we kind of split like right at the fall of 2019, I, I was like, I'm going to keep going. Um, 
I I love this. I started this. This is my thing. Like, yeah, this sucks to kind of have this split, but I'm going to figure it out. I know there's a plan. And um, went on tour in 2000, like late 2019 um, with the band called The Home Team. Yeah, They're kind of like really popping off now. They're fucking huge now. Um, so, and they're so, so well-deserved. Um, but we had known them for a while. Like they were just our buds and, when when we talked about doing a tour um the other dudes were in the band but when we actually went to do the tour you know the kind of fallout had already happened so three of the members in the home team were like dude we'll just be the backing band for your songs basically and we'll go on tour and we'll share a van and like and it was such a great such a great experience i mean like i still have so much love for that band today because they just didn't give a fuck they have no ego they were just like dude we're gonna go out there and we're just gonna jam we're gonna hang out we're gonna play six shows and those shows were probably like the highest attended was maybe like two or three hundred people close to their hometown and the lowest attended one was maybe like 20 people but like that was kind of that point where for both of us like we were starting to see that we did have fans that were coming out um and then Early 2020, um, I played like three shows with Grayscale um, and Hot Mulligan on their tour, like the California dates. And then COVID happened. It was almost like, you know, I hate to say that anything to come out of COVID and that whole situation is a a blessing. You know, I want to be careful how I use that word in that context. But like it really allowed me and I'm sure a lot of other musicians who were just used to that wheel always turning and always feeling like this pressure to just constantly um, be self-involved and constantly putting stuff out and constantly having to plan things six months out for some bands longer um, to finally like have this moment of uncertainty where literally no one, not even the gatekeepers, no one in the fucking industry knew what the fuck was going to happen I think for someone like me, like it was like this moment to just take a really deep breath mm-hmm. uh, and just figure things out and not feel a crazy amount of pressure. So I had released a couple songs um, in 2020, and then I wrote this song called "Light Me Up" um, with Alan from Four Years Strong. Um, at the end oh, nice. of 2020, he's been on the show before. Yeah, he's wonderful. He's such a he's a great songwriter, and he's just a really sweet guy. Um, but we wrote that song and asked my friend um, Celeste. She has a project called Talker to collaborate. Um, we put that out in March of 2021, yeah. and from there, everything kind of just started to snowball like i met jason and emma well jason and i i i was i discovered emma like in the summer of 2021 i she was just covering a cricket tea song on instagram and i i i think she tagged the page and i was like this girl fucking shreds what the hell and um and then she was like hey i'm actually gonna be playing for this artist i'm gonna be out in la like come out to the show like let's hang out and then we played our first show together. And Jason, I had actually met when we did that tour with this wildlife, I had met his friends and his bandmates in another okay. band in DC. We were connect some, for some reason, they like let us come crash at their house in between our Philly and Baltimore show, I think, or Philly and Boston, whatever, it doesn't matter. But they let us come crash and we stayed in touch. And I think when those, those, uh, friends saw that the band had kind of like disbanded in the form it was when they met us they were like hey if you need a drummer like we know this guy like he's equally as obsessed with the gray two and travis Parker as you are you guys are the same age like i think it, i think he would really compliment like what you're doing and i was like oh that's you know so sweet of you to say that and uh, jason and i kind of flirted on the internet for a year and then I was like, hey, I think shows are going to start coming back. I want you to play drums because I had been watching his videos and I was like, this guy fucking there's something special about him. And um, and so we played our first show together, I think, in September or October of 2021, played to like, you know, 60 people in Fresno, California. And I remember driving 
home, we were driving back to LA from that show. And I remember just being like, listen, guys, like, if this isn't your thing, like, I totally get it. I know that I don't know what your expectations are, but like, I know things are really small and still developing. And I just don't want you to feel any pressure to to be here, you know, if it's if it's going to be too much work or if it's not right. bringing excitement. And unanimously, they were just like, no, like, we're fucking here for this, you know. And our next show, we played in front of like 2,000 people. Oh, wow. Festival. Okay. So it was just crazy. And then from there, it just was like just snowballed into, you know, last year we were just really fortunate to have some opportunities that bands that are unsigned and don't have an agent or a manager don't typically get. Um, so, yeah, like we're, and I think that's what really led us to decide to just make a record and like really come together as a unit. Because I mean, you spend, you spend that amount of time with people who were strangers before and you spend time driving around the country in a minivan playing, you know, playing festivals and sometimes playing basements and sometimes, you know, like just doing these crazy things with people that you didn't know a year before. Uh, and if it clicks and you develop a, a healthy bond, like it only feels right to just lean into sure. it more. And so um, we just got to know each other really well last year through, through like tried and true touring and uh, you know, and now making a record like now, I mean, now there's two songwriters in Crooked Teeth. And not only that, I mean, Jason is like, I don't, I almost would consider him equally a songwriter because what he brings to the table, like the drums on this album, like they're everything that I would want to hear when I was like 14 or 15, listening to a yeah. band and being like, yo, what the fuck? Like, this is so sick. Like, that's how I feel. That's how I feel about this record. And I think that it really takes something special between, you know, the creators to achieve something like that. So I'm, again, I'm just like very grateful for the journey. You know, the journey's been long and it's, it, you know, and it's, there's some scars in there. But for the most part, like where we are now, it's just like this kind of beautiful butterfly that came out of a, you know, <laughs> deranged cocoon. So, um, yeah, and I'm just, I'm really stoked and just grateful to be in a band with Jason and Emma and get to make a whole fucking album. Yeah, you mentioned you know? that, so there's potentially going to be like four or five singles before the album's out. In terms of the album coming out, have you, have yeah. you had any like interest from potential labels to put it out or are you just, are you going to put it out yourselves have you, or have you, do, you, do you know where you're at in that stage yet? Every day, like I would say every week this conversation changes because there has been like new, you know, variables entering mm -hmm. the situation uh new people entering the conversation so in a roundabout way well just short answer we are going okay. to put it out ourselves um we've already built our own rollout long answer is that it will probably be you know unless we enjoy this process of self-releasing so much that we decide never to sign to a label like then i guess that'll be that but i i foresee I foresee uh, the next album coming out with somebody uh, just given the conversations that we've been having. Um, and honestly, like the songs uh, and I know if it sounds maybe a little too prolific to be saying, but like the songs are I, I, again, like I really believe that there's something something timeless and cool about them and uh and i think other people are starting to hear that we that we've you know there's been people that we've wanted to share the record with right like there's certain labels that we want like there's really only i one that i can think of where i'm like okay we need to hold out for that label so um we have really kind of not even spent time sharing these songs with like smaller labels like no disrespect but like there's really only probably like three, three labels that were like, okay, that's who, we, that's who, like, if we're going to pull the trigger on signing yeah. to somebody, we need to work really hard by ourselves to get to the point where that party approaches us and 
you know, it, it, it's going to be something that's going to be favorable. I, I, I really am interested in um, anything under the Atlantic umbrella, anything that John yeah. Minardi is is uh, a part of. So to be I involved mean, with a guy like that, you know, that would be. Yeah, I mean, and that's someone who I've looked up to. I mean, Me too, he, he is. He's our scene. He's the alternative scenes. And I hope this gets back to him. I want him to hear this. Um you know, and maybe I could just shoot him an email and tell him. But uh, he's he's our generation's like this alternative, like you know, coming out late '90s into the 2000s. Like he is our scene and our generation's Jimmy Iovine. Like he is someone who is an innovator. Um, he's the he's an a he's a well accomplished tastemaker. Like he's someone who I would trust, you know, if I, if I was in high school with him at the same time and that kid was like listening to something on his Walkman and was like, yo, you need to hear this. I'd be like, yes, I do. <laughs> you know? So I, I mean, I think that I, you know, full disclosure, like that's really the main, the main um, team that I am interested in working with. And I think that's across the board. I mean, we're huge collective Paramore fans. I mean, I'm, you know, I was in the Fallout Boy fan club. I, you know, I know Travis has his own yeah, label, yeah. DTA, through it. Electra, Electra Records has been putting out bands like Dinosaur Pileup and White Reaper and the band Camino. Um, you know, and it's like, and then you know, I'm just like filled by ramen in itself. It's just like such a such a, a cool institution. I think they're what those other labels that I don't need to mention would probably prefer to be like um and and i think that's a well-oiled machine and i think that they've done a really great job so that that in a roundabout way we would rather just hold out and do things ourselves and grow to the point of um working with with someone like that so that's kind of what's what's in in you our brain you know what i should do i should do, uh, when you know i mentioned at the top of this interview that we we just you know throw out a couple of clips for Instagram. I should do that one and tag uh, Johnny Minardi in it. Yeah. <laughs> I want him to, I mean, I think he should, I think he knows how I feel by now. I mean, he's kind of somebody who like, every time we get a new batch of songs, I'm like, <laughs> should I send it to, you know, like he, he's someone I really revere as, as having just great taste in music. And he's actually, it's crazy. Johnny Minardi first connected with me i think when i was like 16 or 17 really? with my first band um at the time i think jo yeah i think johnny was at um i think it was before he went back to equal vision um you know and he could probably tell this better and i don't even know if he'd remember this but he reached out to me to write with casey bates who did uh i'm trying to think of the pierce the veil record he did or records um but he was up in the Northwest. Casey Bates also went on to do uh, that um, Portugal, the man record uh, that that blew up, you know, that had that huge single. It was Feel It Still. Um, and he just did like the last MXPX record, which is really cool. But yeah, I did. I have an MXPX tattoo. Dude, I have two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he, he reached out to me. Uh, he reached out to me when I was a teenager and I was like, who is this guy? This guy seems important. Um, and ever since then, yeah, I kind of just kept him updated. And, and um, I, you know, I, I, I view conversations like this as manifestation. And I think that something will, uh, will click there. Um, and I think it's something that's being, that's able to be willed into existence without forcefully doing it. I think it's just going to come by, constantly writing yeah. better and better songs and growing That's as it. a band and, and uh so i don't want to put any pressure on on that <laughs> conversation that could exist um but that is but i will say that that is that's the dream that's the dream situation for sure so i would rather just hold out and not really uh you know i don't really ha have time to like I don't know. I think I would rather hold out and not really go with the, the store brand versions of that. I would rather just go Got for you. the main thing. Have you, you, um, have you done Mike Herrera's podcast? I did with that old band, actually. Oh, okay. It was okay. really cool. 
Yeah, it was really cool, man. I, I honestly love Mike Perry. He's one of my favorite people I've ever, you know, they say not to meet your heroes, and but like one of my favorite experiences I've ever had. I mean, I MXPX, it's actually crazy. Uh, Mike Herrera is an incredible person, an incredible songwriter as well. I mean, MXPX is a timeless punk rock band. Like they, they deserve any appreciation that they get. And they're another one of those bands where I, you know, I actually rarely hear people like talk shit. I, I rarely, I think they hold a special place in a lot of people's lives and probably people with similar backgrounds to mine. I mean, you'd be surprised how many people I meet that are like, oh yeah, I was raised in the, you know, in youth group. But, but like that band was one that stuck with me forever. And it's because they're like incredible songwriters. And I think there's a lot of artists from that scene that were, I mean, when I met with my career, I'll tell you, I was, I, I was, uh, I think on the trip up to Bremerton to meet with him, I was listening to slowly yeah. going the way of the Buffalo and it starts very similarly. Like the record has similar energy to green days insomniac. And I remember asking him when I got there, I was like, did you, did you guys like, was there a crossover here? Like, were you guys influenced by green day too? And he's like, dude, green day was the band where in like, I think it was like 91 or 92 he's like they played in bremerton and at like a youth center and we all went and that was the moment like we wanted to start mxpx like that was the moment when we were like dude like this band can do it and they're like yeah. our age like we can do it and i remember him telling me that and it was just just so insane to think about like and it was crazy uh actually one time like I hung out with Mark Hoppus, like, and he said the same exact thing. He was like, dude, we just wanted to be like Green Day. He was like, we just, you know, we obviously love the Descendants and stuff, but, like, we we saw Green Day doing that, and we knew, like, it. they motivated a lot of, you know, late teens going into their 20s to, like, start bands and tour and, like, take it seriously. So it's crazy I had this, like, interaction. It's crazy how I discovered MXPX through Green Day, but then had this interaction with Mike Pereira where things came full circle. And it was like, yeah, actually, that's why we want it, you know? So I don't know. I, I'm, up, I'm perplexed by that kind of reticular. Yeah. How, how come you were hanging out with Mark Hoppus? It was uh, because I have a friend. My friend John is like, uh, he met Blink when they got uh, back together the first time when they were doing, did neighborhoods, like when they did the comeback reunion tour. And I think he was like the first, the kind of like real press, press conference they did after they announced their reunion on, on whether it was like the yeah. Grammys or VMAs, whatever it was in 2009. Um, he, when they went to do the tour, he did a kind of this like whole forum. He was a developer at Google. He was a part of, um, I think, the launch of like Google, Google Plus, Google Hang. Um, Blink is his favorite band, and he basically became like Mark's right. go-to tech guy. Um, so John and I met at a Paramore show, and instantly clicked. And throughout all that time, he's like, "Yeah, man, if Blink ever gets, you know, if they ever tour again, or whenever they, they tour again." Cause we didn't find out Tom was leaving the band that yeah, And that it was going to be replaced with Matt Skiba. But when that happened, basically Mark invited John out to Vegas for the first like two shows. And I met Mark okay. through John and yeah, I mean, you know, I wish I could <laughs> say we're like friends because I think we would be friends if we, you know, maybe met in a different context or through creating music, which I'm sure will happen eventually. Um, but yeah, that was the context. Um, and yeah, another person who I think is a wonderful human Absolutely. and writes great songs. Absolutely. Um, hey, listen, Tyson, um, yeah. I don't want to keep too much of your time because I know I think we've been going nearly an hour here. Um, so what I might do, I've got like a few kind of like blanket questions to kind of uh, fire at you that we kind of the kind yeah. of things that we, we end every, every, every podcast with. Um, so yeah, maybe we could dive into a couple of those and yeah. then wrap this up. If that's cool with you. Yeah. Of but yeah, no, it's funny, man. Like, cause I feel like you listen to a lot of the same music as me and stuff. So like there's, I'm, I'm not going to go too blanky. So I just want to know right. things like just basically, so what are you listening to right now? Like what, what, what bands and artists 
should should I know about that I might not know about? Like who's impressed um, me recently? Like modern stuff. Ooh, White Reaper. I love this band called White Reaper. I noticed you mentioned them before, and uh, the singer in the band I manage has turned me onto them a while ago. Yeah, they they if they had a new record quite recently. Yeah, they just put it out like last yeah. month, and uh, I just think I I was I've said this to a few people. You know, it sounds so corny when I say this weird like music journalist stuff, but I'm like they're literally like if I was writing a Rolling Stone article about them, I'd be like, this band is like the past, present, and future of rock and roll, like. They have found a way to tap in on every single genre. Like, I hear Thin Lizzy. I hear the, the Cars. I hear Ramones. I hear the Queers. I hear Green Day. I hear Rush. I hear ACDC. I hear, like, so many moments in that band where I'm like, dude, these guys just, like, get rock music. And uh, I think that they're writing these songs that are reminiscent of timeless songs and then they're creating you know through that they're creating timeless songs themselves which is kind of similar to like i don't want to you know we don't necessarily sound the same but that's how we view writing music too it's like we're always trying to pay homage to like what came before and what made us want to do it and and i think white reaper has done that in such a perfect and raw way um even just the, the mix of their record it just sounds like it just sounds it just sounds timeless. Um, that band, we, as a band, we've really grown to like, you know, Emma and I specifically really like country music. And so there's this artist nice, who's, me too. who's pushing a lot of boundaries here in America called um, Hardy. Um, and he's basically like, he's, he's everything I would have wanted Kid Rock to be. Like, he's okay. basically How, how'd like... How do you spell it? Sorry? h-a-r-d-y okay got you yeah um love hardy i think that like he's just writing some really really fucking cool songs he brings just really cool energy he he's i mean you know you could go on his instagram there's pictures of him just like rocking an every time i die shirt you know like he's like Mm -hmm. he's he's an incredible songwriter his record is fucking awesome like to be able and i just love anyone who pushes genre barriers too like that's not you know that in in a traditional sense like i'm sure that you know uh artists are rolling over in their graves at someone like hardy or you dare i say like machine gun kelly where it's like oh my god why are they doing this and this like leave it alone but like i really love when people push that envelope the, the genre envelope and hardy is someone that i'm really excited to watch like become massive and not just in country and not just in rock but just like across the board as a sonic artist so i would say those two right now um are two that i really enjoy i'm trying to think of like another what's another band that i've been jamming uh, a lot um there's a there's a there's an emo band i'll just call them emo band straight up like from, from uh that's that's been kind of doing some bigger like tours here like uh they're called super american um yeah i yeah i know i'm familiar with them like um i haven't listened to them for ages but i remember they had that first ep with that i forget what the song was called but it had a really catchy kind of lead song on it uh, yeah and they well they put out the song like in the middle of the pandemic or right before it called how big is your brain um which was really cool yeah, like and didn't they do that collaboration song during Black Lives Matter as well? I uh, forget. Uh, oh, with Young Culture. In the streets. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 I think that they're really cool. I mean, and they're also a band like. Agreed. They're always, <laughs> they're always rocking like fucking Atticus and like, you know, they're like wearing all these brands <laughs> where I'm like, okay, dude, like I, yeah, I, I see what you're doing. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, those are three artists right now where I'm, I'm like always listening to and, and think that they're doing something, something cool that's like, uh, I don't know, it's like really nostalgic, but also like moving things forward. So those are those are three that I would say right off the bat. Yeah, here's something I like to put guests on the spot with. So I'm yeah. gonna fire. I'm gonna pick four previous guests we've had on this show, and. Mm-hmm. You have to lose the music of one of them, so you only get to keep oh, no. three out of the four of them. Okay. So I don't know. So I'm gonna get. Who should I throw at you? Okay. So I'm gonna throw MXPX, 
Newfound Glory, Sum 41, and uh, who should I do as the fourth one? Midtown. You had to lose the music of one of those artists who, who would get the chop. Oh, the whole catalog? Yeah. I, I lose the whole catalog? You've just never heard that band, like they're wiped from your memory and they don't exist anymore. And I appreciate that's hard because they're all they're all great bands. <laughs> they're all bands that I, I could like at least like three records from each of them. <laughs> okay, so it was like I mean, M- MXPX, Midtown, Newfound Glory, and Sum 41. Yeah. I would say it's probably, oh, I really hate, I'm sorry, Gabe, I hate to put him on the chopping block, but it's going it's oh, to no. be, it's going to be Midtown. And I know that, <laughs> I know, I know that, you know, Gabe is literally responsible for Newfound Glory uh, getting, <laughs> getting signed That's to true. drive through. But yeah. I, I would have to say, I mean, and I, dude, I fucking, I love I I love their catalog too, so that's really hard. But I would say that out of all those bands that you mentioned, that's the one I listen to the least, which is still crazy because I still listen to Midtown like <laughs> quite a lot. I mean, I have a couple of their records on vinyl. So, Did, oh nice! Did you hear the new um, cover? They the put cover, out? yeah, the Lagwagon cover yeah. is cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, cool. Okay, I think let let let's wrap this up with one final question. So. Cool. If you, if you, who you, who are, who are the three big artists of any genre? Who who are your big three? Who are your, who are your favorite bands of all time? Mm. If if you can narrow it down to three, I, I appreciate. Okay, that. so I, I will say I will say just from like a songwriter perspective, like um, legacy influence, like and especially on my life, like first music I ever heard, Tom Petty is number one. Um, oh, nice, nice. Yeah, Tom Petty, number one songwriter for me. Green Day. Um, number three is hard because it could go in a few different directions. Uh, but, you know, I'm just going to say for like, it's so cliche, but like I have to just say for what it's done for my life and my journey in music. And, you know, I have to put Blink up there next to Green Day because it's like that has... I don't think I would have like had this vision in my head to like play music with my friends and like make a, you know, like, I, I just think, yeah, I think Blink and Green Day always have to go in a, in a, yeah. you know, uh, if I'm putting Tom Petty first, they always have to go in a two and three spot. But then uh, that could also, that's a revolving door of like Paramore and Jimmy Eat World and Joan Jett. And, you know, like there's a lot of, a lot of artists that could revolve in two and three for me. But I would say that like Green Day and Blink are my, you know, for what we're doing, what I've done with my life and want to continue to do, I would say that those bands have been like the ones that have made me dream big. So, yeah. Yeah, listen, man. Thanks so much. Great I, chat. I love this. Yeah, yeah, great chat. Love hearing more about Crooked Teeth and just about your passion for music in general, man. It's been, this has been a good one. Thanks, dude. Appreciate that. Ramley's driver